ATM attacks and ATM-related fraud are not new, but the schemes continue to evolve, increase, and spread throughout the world. The spread of these attacks is one reason why leading ATM manufacturers say they are joining forces. And here, during this exclusive and rare interview with executives from three of the world's leading ATM manufacturers, they discuss how they are working to ensure threat information sharing and multi-vendor capabilities are not hindered by competitive concerns. During this second part of a three-part interview with representatives from Diebold, Wincor Nixdorf, and NCR, we explore how a new consortium dedicated to sharing threat intelligence about emerging ATM fraud trends is helping vendors and banking institutions tear down long-standing walls. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. On today's call, we have Jorg Engelhart and Nick Ballett of Diebold, Uwe Krause and Bernd Redeker of Wincor Nixdorf, and Owen Wilde of NCR. Nick, you mentioned that there are some inherent security advantages to using contactless transactions in an ENV environment, but are there also security risks or new vulnerabilities? Yes, for sure. There's so many different layers of security that are required to secure the ATM because it is a very complex device, especially when you consider the entire ecosystem all the way back to the financial host and the authorization process. So the bad guys are forcing us to analyze and study each component of the transaction, each piece of technology that we implement. Various layers of uh, security are required. For example, we now have folks tapping into USB or connecting directly to card read heads to extract data from the card reader, etc. In EMV transactions, we have to be sure that the specific protocol is used does not contain a vulnerability that has the potential for an unauthorized playback of that data. So each aspect of the transaction has to be secured. Each component of the data has to be secured, and we have to make sure that we use secure protocols uh, and technology to do that. A good example would be a biometric measurement. Biometrics are a fantastic way to ensure that we're identifying who that person is that is attempting to use a device. Unfortunately, if the data that the biometric records is compromised and played back, then the security of, of the biometric could be undermined. Those are examples of all of the different things that we have to look at now, all the way from the module to the communications to the PC core process up to the transaction host, etc. Jorgen Uwe, I'd like to pose this question to you as well. As we're talking about protocols and some of the different technologies that are coming out in the market, whether it be EMV or something else, how is the ATM industry collaborating? How are ATM manufacturers working together to help ensure that we do have universal protocols that ultimately would help to make the ATM more secure as well as the transactions? So one part of collaboration is clearly, you know, the ATM Security Association that we are currently um, implementing in the marketplace because specifically between ATM manufacturers, the, the exchange for fraud and attacks is, is typically handled between the ATM manufacturer and, and the customers or the financial institutions. So I think, you know, the exchange of information and the speed of exchange of information of what happened and react to it is, is really key to prevent fraud to happen in the future. So that's why we believe um, it's the right time right now to come up with an association like this that between the ATM manufacturers really speeds up information exchange on what really happened so to enable everyone to protect their customers and the consumer side much, much better in this space. And Uwe, what's your perspective there as far as collaboration and helping to develop protocols? I agree by 100% with the message from Jörg, but I can say not only the ATM Security Association will help, also 
a few other organizations at the moment which are still discussing standards, like EMV, for example, which are discussing protocols. We have to discuss in special organizations how we can bring also same protocol interfaces inside our multi-vendor applications. There are also people discussing together, but as you have mentioned, not fast enough, not with the right focus, only to be focused on such type of security attacks and how we can protect against it. So protocols is very important, especially for the financial institutes if they are using multi-vendor environments that we have the same interfaces and standards. Uwe, and your Diebold and Wincor recently announced plans to spearhead this global ATM security consortium that both of you have referenced. Of course, the consortium aims to address many of these emerging schemes that we've been talking about. And of course, because we're seeing emerging schemes, the timing probably is right for a group like this to come out into the industry. But what would you say makes this consortium unique relative to other groups that are in the marketplace? And Uwe, I'll start with you. It's the first time that manufacturers, suppliers, financial institutes can sit together and can discuss the real issues and, as you asked before, can discuss how interfaces could be defined, which protocols should be used and so on. Because we are discussing here an industry consortium which want to protect their ATM industry against criminals. And this organization, these are people which are working in huge organizations, well organized, attacking the ATM. And here we are all sitting together and we must find ways to react faster. If you remember the discussions we had about skimming, you heard the answers from three ATM manufacturers. Each of them up to now is using a different solution. But we are in multi-vendor environment. Security, it's not a differentiation factor for us. It's an industry sector, and so we must find here the right standards and interfaces and solutions. As Jörg mentioned before, also that this is the right timing now to bring this together and to find the right answers faster as today. It's a great question about uniqueness, but I think it's more a question as we look to it on the organization and the organized answers. So we speak a lot about organized crime. I think that's key point over here, we need to have an organized answer to this crime. And bringing the ATM manufacturers together in a group where they can exchange information and define root causes, I think, is a great way, not only from time to market, so speed and reaction to the fraud, but this will also lead, as we discussed before, talking about protocols and all that stuff, to maybe new standardizations that we need to protect our customers and the consumers in a better way in the future. Both of you make great points. Uwe, I think the point that you made about the multi-vendor environment is a good one. And Jorg, the point that you make about the need to address protocols and standardization in the industry, of course, is a valid point as well. Can you talk a bit about the enhanced role that information sharing is expected to play in the future fight against ATM and ATM-related fraud and how the consortium will help to enhance this information sharing, not only within the industry and among the ATM manufacturers themselves, but also with law enforcement? They're now a frame, an organization. I'm not sure if you know this, built the headquarter of this in the Netherlands and we have there the structure found our first office. We are just in the last stage to open our website from this association and here we are opening for all interested people. That means 
manufacturers, suppliers, financial institutes, for other organizations. We are opening an information platform where we are sharing information. We are inviting all people to our meetings so that they can work in special work groups to define standards, to define priorities and all such things. So this should be a community open for all people in the world to generate the right ideas. And to be honest, we don't see this as a place for our competition. We see this as a place where industries and industries can help to protect cash against attacks. And if I say cash against attacks, I mean not only the skimming things we discussed before, contactless cards, I mean everything which has to do with people, with processes, What's your perspective about the enhanced role as far as information sharing is concerned that the consortium will play? So I think, you know, the, the speed of information sharing is one piece, and that's why we want to implement this platform to allow this to happen between, you know, the ATM manufacturers. But we don't want it just limited to the ATM manufacturers because if you look to the environment that we are all in, I think we need a lot of more information sources to share and gather, but also to distribute at the end of the day information. So you mentioned about law enforcement. So we're not only focusing on the classic ATM manufacturer. We also want to have multi-vendor software players and brands in this organization. Because as we explained earlier on, on to your question, I mean, it's not just about skimming. There are more you know, digitalization of fraud that is going to happen. So we need a much, much broader approach, but clearly very, very much focus on execution. And I think that is the link into the other organizations that are out there. That's good. That's great. And we will collaborate with them and we invite them to participate in the ATM Security Association. But I think we need this very, very clear execution-focused approach here we want to implement to share what is really needed and to execute on this in a very, very timely manner with the right solutions. Owen, Nick, and Bern, I'd like to bring some of this discussion back to the three of you because you're in the trenches a little bit more, I would say, as far as how you're working with banking institutions and talking with them about some of the fraud trends that they're facing. How are some of these threats that Jorg and Uwe have talked about communicated today? And Owen, I'll start with you. Yeah, thanks. And I think it's encouraging that we're all kind of coming around to the, the view that information sharing is important. It's something we've been actively in that space for a while. And let me just rewind for a little bit first and then go forward from the viewpoint right now, information sharing is, is critical. And, and with our series of market alerts and market information, which we do share with customers, non-customers, other colleagues, and through informal relationships with my counterparts here on the line today, we feel that these types of alerts and information and, and trends should not be proprietary, nor should be kept in isolation. So from our perspective and our strategy, we have been active in issuing market alerts on a as-needed basis. Unfortunately, it's becoming uh, more frequent. On some days, I feel like I'm publishing a daily blog and a daily correspondence like you, Tracy, but uh, that's just the nature of the condition we're in. It does provide information on the nature of the types of attack and guidance, both as it relates to solutions for NCR customers as well as general market practice guidance. So it's been something that has been 
part of our communication strategy for some time. In terms of collaboration, clearly none of these solutions and none of these defenses can be done in a unilateral basis. There are many parts of the equation that are under consideration today. So we are in constant interaction and communication with our customers through both formal advisory boards, through private security-related meetings with customers, and doing the same more and more frequently with global, regional, and, and local law enforcement because it is an environment where I think in this entire ecosystem that transparency is going to be needed. And in the past, I think there has been more of a, of a nature of a, of a siloed approach, both on the financial institutions and with law enforcement, where we have seen very good deployment of law enforcement solutions program and process changes by financial institutions and solution deployment has come where the barriers are broken and that everybody's sitting around the table and trying to figure out the best way to resolve that. That's led to effective deployment of, of criminal investigations that have led to significant arrests and attacks. And the more that this can be done in a measure that allows quick response to a problem and early indication of where emerging trends, threats, and, and design of attacks are changing, it's going to benefit all of us in the long run. So these are things that we have been doing, continue to do. We are you know, certainly very, very interested in the direction that the uh, association is taking. And as, uh, as my colleague George and Uwe know, we're in communication to get as much information about the structure and nature of this as we, uh, as we can. Also very much in, in contact with our key customers as well as other technology and vendor providers to get their sense of how they're going to approach this and, and the role that they're going to take on this. But this is a global cross-industry issue, and we've got to continue to stay proactive in the approach and in the design of what's going to work best for the financial institution customers, as well as how we continue to keep the consumers using ATMs and self and assisted service channels, both from the view of, of what it brings into the economy and how it's helped continuing our customers' deployment strategies into the retail market. And Nick, would you like to add to that as far as how threats are communicated today? Owen mentioned that there oftentimes are informal processes in place, and I'm just curious to know how those informal processes could translate into a more formal process in a way that doesn't compromise privacy, if you will. Yeah, great question. And I think that Jorg certainly covered thoroughly, you know, the future and where we see the next steps with regards to trying to improve on transparency and the speed of information sharing. Really up until now, I'll just kind of comment on over the last five, six, seven years, as Diebold from a vendor perspective saw the increase in the threats and the attacks um, and what our customers were facing, we really began a regimented, intense effort to gather data. And as a result, we now receive attack reports almost daily from our install base that define exactly what the attack was, whether it was you know, an explosion, it was a ram raid, it was some sort of a torch or cutting, malware, etc. And then each one of those attack reports we, we review, uh, my team reviews every week, and uh, based on anything that looks like it's a, a new threat or it's something that's a little bit different from a technology standpoint, uh, we do deep dives on those attacks and then often work very closely directly with the customer to help them understand what exactly uh, you know, the threat, the risk is, help them understand what kind of technology they need to deploy to help deal with it. Um, and that's obviously a broad range of uh, capabilities that are out there in the marketplace, whether it's a Diebold solution or some third party. 
to make sure that you know they get their risk level back in line with where they're comfortable. And we also work very closely with law enforcement. I do a lot of presentations and training with FBI, U.S. Secret Service, law enforcement to help them understand exactly what is skimming, what capabilities does malware have, how do the bad guys extract data from the ATM, understand where the hotspots are and where the technology is coming from, help them understand and piece together what's going on from an organized crime perspective. So these are all things that, you know, obviously lead up to then publishing attack reports when we understand something to the extent that our customers need to know and that there's a new risk out there that maybe they're not aware of. And then we make sure we share that uh, information with our customers so that they can evaluate their install base. And Bernd, what about from your perspective? How is Wincore working to help enforce some of these traditional and perhaps non-traditional lines of communication, and where do you see the consortium coming in to help with that? Well, first of all, I would absolutely agree with Nick and Owen on this. We've been looking at these kind of increasing and more and more getting industrialized threats over the past years. When we started discussions with the banks on sharing knowledge on this, banks were more reluctant to openly discuss whatever is happening. I mean, in the, in the first days, it was even thought to be well, this is like finger-pointing or discussing competitors' threats. What we have learned and what seems to have been accepted by the banks in the meantime is, yes, maybe today it is hitting vendor A, but what you can see from the text we have experienced in Latin America and Mexico, this kind of threats, especially the new ones, are easily jumping cross-vendor and spanning the globe, definitely. So from my point of view, the association will give us the speed we need to exchange and to share knowledge on this on a global basis. Collaboration in the association will be much more easier than with the informal channels we have established over the last years. And I guess even uh, collaboration with law enforcement will be much easier throughout the association. We have experienced, especially with law enforcement, we have experienced very good results on these local connections, though on a global base, but more or less being specific to the country, while like global associations um, in, in police force were more reluctant because they were afraid of giving single vendors business um, opportunities, so to say. I guess we can overcome this kind of concerns with the association, association then being the point of contact for these two police forces. This is the end of the second part of a three-part panel interview series with Jorg Engelhardt and Nick Ballett of Diebold, Uwe Krause and Bert Redeker of Wincor Nixdorf, and Owen Wilde of NCR. Be sure to join us for part three, when we will discuss how cash-out schemes and vulnerabilities to Windows-based operating systems are impacting ATM vendors and banking institutions, and where EMV and PCI compliance are likely to have an impact. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Thank you for listening.